0: Welcome back to the Puzzle Podcast. My name is Janessa Merrill, your host. And honestly, I see all of you dipping out before the episode is done. So I'm going to plug now before we introduce our guests. If you don't follow our Instagram page at The Puzzle Society, you're definitely missing out. We post inspirational stuff, I hope, but we also have IGTV submitted by such amazing people around the world. And importantly, we find our podcast guests through there. Today, we have one of our followers, Bea, all the way in Thailand joining us today. Hey, Bea, how are you? Hi,
1: I'm good. It, i just woke up it's like 7 a.m here
0: <laughs> well i've been podcasting for three months now and i still get super nervous like even recording an episode or meeting people yeah. but i definitely think it's been good for my my social skills especially with like the lack of human contact this year but how do you feel because a lot of guests you find on instagram that this is their very first podcast so they're like extra nervous more than i
1: am i'm very nervous because i I tend to talk a lot, like, I tend to talk so much that I don't even remember what I say. So I'm really scared to just, like, babble and, like, not remember what I'm even saying.
0: I feel that. Like, that definitely happens to me. But basically, our last episode, the ones that all of you have heard, was pre-recorded. So we never got to wish everyone a happy October and do you have any like spooky stories that you want to share?
1: Since I've been at home most of the time, I don't think I've encountered anything scary or spooky. <laughs> do you? Yeah, well, like recently,
0: well, my friends and I collectively, I think that something is following us. So we're like one of our friends' house is haunted, but we've basically all been seeing like this shadow figure everywhere or like through the windows or like up the stairs. And I don't know, it's been super crazy. But I just think that we're all exhausted and making it up.
1: It's so scary. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Like, one of my friends was saying that she saw, like, a little girl in one of my friend's hallways, and she didn't think anything of it until she mentioned it, like, a couple hours later when we're all, like, trying to chill out. <laughs> and I'm like, why would you bring that up? We're going to sleep here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen um, a few shadows, back home like in the Philippines in my grandma's house there was someone playing the piano in the middle of the night and we didn't know who it was because it's just my grandma my grand, my grandpa passed away a few years ago so we didn't know and then we looked upstairs where the piano was and it was just playing like a song so we just assumed that maybe it's my grandpa because it, it didn't happen just once it happens like a lot of times often like around lunchtime we have no idea why
0: oh my gosh well I don't know my one of my grandparents has like this automatic playing piano so like you could set it to a song and it'll just play automatically which sometimes they won't tell people like when you go to a party like come over to their house and it's just playing and it's like um are all of you seeing this right now (laughs) but you're currently in Thailand. So have you gone back to like normal life or is it still dealing with all like the COVID rules?
1: I came here around March and I think it was already like, Thailand was already in the middle of the whole pandemic because everyone was wearing masks. Everyone was like at home. There was still a lockdown. There was a curfew. But then around June, July, it became better in a sense that the cases were going down and we could find like we could go out I mean we could we were never like limited to be at home or they never like told us not to go out we could still go out here and there because I think the people are pretty disciplined and they follow the rules but now everyone still wears masks but it's not as strict anymore because before you would go to like a shopping mall and they would ask you to check in with a QR code or where like be wearing a mask and they would give you like alcohol but now it's like they don't even care if you check in just as long as you wear a mask. Wait
0: so what do you mean about like a QR code like you need to like reserve
1: to come to the mall or something like that? So the government has this thing that they implemented where you you scan the QR code just to just to say that oh that so you have to check into the to the shopping mall that you're at so the government knows that you went to this place at a certain time. So if ever they find, like, someone with COVID, they can track you and they can notify you. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. I mean,
0: here, it's not really that strict at all. Even when, like, it was the height of it. So March, I don't think it ever has been like that. It was just mainly, like, oh, stay home. And everyone followed it super strictly for about two weeks. And then (laughs) slowly people were like, congregating at the beach and yeah. having parties and so we're still here like still pretty much dealing with it i see that <laughs> which i've seen like instagram stories from like shanghai and there's people backing clubs which i wish yeah but i mean we have clubs open here but you still have to like wear a mask but of course people don't follow that <laughs> either so i have no idea when like well when things are going to be like how it was
1: because i um the place in Thailand that I live in is called is known as the sex capital because <laughs> it it's a province near the beach and a lot of foreigners come here to find like wives from like clubs and bars. So it was really a big thing for this city especially cuz the bars closed down. So employment rates like went down as well. But then ever since the bars and the clubs opened I feel like more and more people are not wearing masks anymore cuz they fe- cuz they think like oh there's probably no no more covid cases like it's we're okay we're free we can do whatever we want but like in reality for me it's still so scary to be outside without a mask cuz you never know what could happen like everything is so unexpected now I know well one
0: time I was with my friends and I was like rushing to go into the grocery store cuz I was running errands all day and he didn't get out of the car fast enough. So I'm like, open his door for him and like already walking away. (laughs) And halfway to like, as I'm getting to the entrance, I quickly like run back because I forgot my mask. And I hate how it's like now just ingrained in me that I need it everywhere. Yeah. But that's insane. But we talked before this and you mentioned being a third culture individual. Do you want to explain what that is? So
1: I think what best describes Um, a third culture individual is a person living in two or more countries where the person's immersed in different cultures. So I'm a Filipino citizen, but I've never actually lived in the Philippines until last year when I moved there for university. Because when I was seven, I moved to Thailand and then we moved again to China and then back to Thailand again. So I think that being a third culture individual, it kinda it kind of like challenges my idea of cultural identity. Because even though I'm Filipino, it may not be a good enough indicator of how I think or how I feel, because there's certain topics that some Filipinos might agree in that and I wouldn't because I've experienced other cultures that have kind of influence the way I see things or the way I think so it's it's really just being able to live in another country and experiencing the culture yeah
0: definitely well I was born in the Philippines but I only lived there until I was two so I don't have any like defining memories there which since then I've only visited about twice which I was about to go back this year but thanks to COVID, <laughs> that got canceled. <laughs> but living in different countries, how do you get your sense of home? Because for me, like I've grew up in San Diego, so Southern California, and I've lived there for so long that every time I visit there, it just feels like home. And I can go back there. And my brother and I would always be like, oh my gosh, remember when this was this? Or look, they renovated that. It's home and it's I'll, I'll always be attached to it. But moving to different countries, which do you find like, more as your home?
1: This is actually a question that I can never answer because it's so hard to pinpoint, like, a certain place of home because I've lived in two different countries, so I can't really say where home is. It's just—it's hard.
0: It's hard for me to ever, like, place something else as home, but even when I do, like, visit the Philippines the two times I did— that also feels like home to me just because there's so much family there. So overall, I think like my definition of home is wherever family is.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think for me, a sense of home is just where I feel the most at home. Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because I feel like even if right now I'm in Thailand and I'm with my family, it's home. But whenever I refer to... The Philippines, I call it home as well. But it's, I call everything home. Like I call every place that I've lived in home.
0: <laughs> but do you not have like any emotional attachment to like a certain place, or is that like the same
1: thing? I think the most like for right now, since um, I've been in Thailand since March, I think I would call this my home at the moment. I feel like it will change if I move back to the Philippines once COVID is over. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have an answer.
0: (laughs) Well, I also lived in San Francisco for probably like three months. And that was eight hours away from like my family and everything, which I didn't feel at home at San Francisco at all. So I was homesick. And so being Filipino, like me trying to find home is dying for Filipino food. So I went to like <laughs> Jollibee and immediately made me feel better. But also when my friend visited, we found this hole in the wall restaurant. So basically it's like a family business deep in the city. Like you all literally could not tell that there was a restaurant there, but I went with a friend and when we came in, I was craving sinigang, and they didn't have <laughs> any. And they were like, no, sit, sit, I'll cook it for you. And I was just like, what? what? <laughs> but yeah, I think, like Filipino food definitely makes me feel at home anywhere. Even my family does that. Like every yeah. country that we travel to, they're like, oh, find the jollibee or like <laughs> find Filipino food. I'm like, okay.
1: I think sometimes it just you miss it and it it's kind of my comfort food as well. Like eating Filipino food just makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though like our food is quite unhealthy, it still makes me feel good. And
0: it is really so unhealthy. Like <laughs> I I just recently like realized that and there's just a lot of meats going on and like fatty and like fried stuff. Yeah. And I think when like one of my friends was like saying like, oh, it wouldn't kill them to like put some vegetables <laughs> or like put something more healthy in it. <laughs> so for me, like moving, I'm in the process of like moving right now. Well, in like two months, but I get emotional moving to like another house that's 10 minutes away.
1: Definitely.
0: (laughs) So how do you deal with like moving to a whole other country?
1: I think when I was little, when I moved, I didn't really have emotional attachment to the Philippines. That's why the process was fairly easier compared to the other times that I moved. When I was seven years old, we moved to Thailand and like moving into a new school, I was more excited than nervous because I felt like that age, I I was more excited to be in a new place and meet new friends. But after living in Thailand for around four years at that time, we were moving to China and China really seemed like an intimidating country to me, <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't want to leave my friends. I didn't want to go to another country, go to a new school. So I think it was really hard for me at that time, being twelve years old, like before becoming a teen. You know the Tumblr days, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the One Direction days. <laughs> so it was really hard to um, leave my friends, especially because you form a lot of bonds with certain individuals and you make friendships that you want to kind of develop more and last forever but you you physically can't because there's a distance between you but um, I think the more I moved it became easier but I can definitely say like the hardest for me was moving from Thailand to the Philippines for university because I was moving away from my family like it's not just that I'm moving with them it's I'm moving by myself alone in a in a new country that I've never lived in even though I'm from that country I've never lived there before so I was definitely scared and really anxious but I think um, surrounding myself with family a few of my family and Friends really helped that. Well, how is that managing
0: schools? Because I know there's different like school systems. Yeah. And like, why did you choose like the Philippines to do university instead of like Thailand or China?
1: Actually, um, when I was in Thailand for the first time, I was in a British school, and then when I moved to China, it was all American school. So it was so different because of the way that people people speak or the way people say things and it was just hard to kind of adjust to the difference in like the curriculums but i think i think overall it was it kind of gave me the experience and it really helped in like my personal growth and i think i find it easier to talk to people now because i've been exposed to um many individuals who come from different cultural backgrounds or nationalities
0: so what do you mean like British and American schools like is it the same as it would be here in the U.S.
1: because I've because I went to an international school so um, a British curriculum would be like based on (laughs) I don't know how to explain like like how they're learning in the UK yeah kind of like that like the rules and the way they discipline you is kind of based on what they do in
0: the UK. It's so interesting because here, I don't think we ever have like international schools. I think it's just like foreign exchange students and just like shove them into our regular public schools. (laughs) But like in other countries, they have like specifics. This is for like international students.
1: Yeah. So like a difference would be in a British school, we would have to wear like uniform and we would even have to wear like neckties with our uniform. And it was so strict because we had to look formal or professional all of the all the time but in an American school like an American curriculum we we could wear anything we wanted and I feel like the teachers were more chill and we had more freedom
0: (laughs) I definitely think like that is similar to the differences between the U.S. and the UK because I have been to London and when we went it was still like kids were still in school so they all were in uniform and taking the train yeah I was like, they look so mature and like professional than we do because we here, we don't have any like uniforms unless you go to a private school. But even then, the uniforms are pretty like lenient, like you could change it up. But could you not change up your uniform at all, like add pins or anything?
1: No, we couldn't even wear our own like hoodies or sweaters. Because it had to be, like, you either had to wear this, the one that the school has or you d- just don't wear it at all. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was that strict.
0: <laughs> but, like, going to these new schools, we're, you said you were going to university in the Philippines. So what majors were you taking?
1: I'm taking pre-med in the Philippines. Um, I chose the Philippines because I feel like it's the most... Um, because my parents were telling me how um, a lot of my family members are doctors. So they obviously have like an educational background in the Philippines. So they really recommended that I do my pre-med in the Philippines and then possibly go abroad and do med school. That's so cool.
0: Like you're a very well-rounded person at this point and living in so many <laughs> countries. <laughs> But what, what has been your favorite country to live in?
1: Oh, that's hard. <laughs> but I would I would say Thailand or China would be in my top two. Just not the Philippines, maybe not yet, because I haven't lived there enough. Oh
0: true. <laughs> so making friends, because I'm the worst at making friends, even though I have a whole podcast and reading strangers, but like <laughs> I can't even imagine moving to a new place and having to create a whole new friend group and the friends you made in Thailand and like when you move do you are you still in contact
1: with them some of them because I feel like um I was only in contact with them like really close contact for the first few years but then I guess like naturally people people grow in their separate ways and then you just you just go your separate ways and you just don't talk but you still kind of remain friends with them but just not as close as you used to be well I guess social media makes it. That- easier yeah. because i know i follow people
0: from like way back and i don't even talk to them same. but i still know exactly what they're <laughs> <Yeah>. doing
1: <laughs> i think that's for like same as me for most of my friends that i had before i moved i would see them on social media but i w- we would never like have the same relationship as we did before which is sad but it's also kind of like that's just how life is.
0: Like people grow apart, and that's yeah. I mean, I've been through it <laughs> so many times. Yeah. But what are your tips on making friends, or do you have that mindset? Well, well, I don't know. But do you have them? Because I have that mindset that oh, when I move, I don't need new friends because I already have one.
1: <laughs> I used to have that mindset. I was I was just like, oh, I have these friends that we're gonna be friends forever. It's fine. I don't need to make new friends. But then. I like when I realized that this is a whole like a whole new place that I'm in there's so many things I can do there's so many new people I can meet that's why I kind of opened myself even more like I'm not a super like e- extrovert or outgoing person but I kind of just like put that behind me and I just made new friends I know it's easier said than done but Um, in the moment you just really like trust your instinct and it just happens you know just like approach someone and say hi introduce yourself
0: yeah which is really difficult but I think that what I hate the most is the small talk like oh what did you do this and then if you can't figure out anything else to talk about after that it's just awkward (laughs) yeah it's super awkward (laughs) but like how do you get past the small talk and creating like more meaningful relationships i guess you can call it
1: um something that really helped me with that like cuz especially from moving from thailand to the philippines i knew absolutely no one cuz even though i moved from thailand to china i feel like my family was still there with me so there was kind of support but like moving back to the philippines alone i knew no one except for my family um, something that my university did was we had this thing called an orientation seminar, where it was a full pack of two days where we just get to know people, meet new friends, and we were. It's not that I would say we were forced mm-hmm. to do it, but there were there was so much going on. I I can't even remember, but I just remember that we had to sit with our we have. We have a block in the Philippines. It's kind of like a class, but for university, we have a block and then we sit with people from our block and then we're forced, (laughs) we're forced to sit there and watch, you know, programs, people dancing, people singing. And then we were even forced, (laughs) we were even forced to dance and learn a new dance. And I feel like that made it easier for me to make new friends as well as a lot of the Filipino I, I realized that a lot of Filipinos are actually like really friendly. Yeah. And I I I don't know, it just made everything easier, like being in a country where everyone kind of knows how to speak language that um your family speaks. So it's kind of it's kind of easier to yeah, make new friends and like form friendships. Well, even here, like
0: we moved an hour away from San Diego, so none of my family has friends over here and how my dad makes friends he goes like oh the neighbors over there are Filipino we should go talk to them I'm
1: like (laughs) yeah that's your
0: only connection and that's how he would also like try to set me up with like to make friends he'd be like oh I think that girl over there is Filipino you should walk home with her one day and
1: I'm like yeah definitely I had that idea as well but also
0: I'm like it's kind of weird
1: (laughs) yeah it is kind of weird but I had that mindset as well when I was in china like oh there's a new filipino student coming oh maybe she maybe she she's just like me like i just like this sense of um like filipino hospitality really helped me to make new friends when i moved
0: dealing with all these cultures is there ever like did you ever experience a culture shock because of course like filipino hospitality did you not get that same feeling in
1: other countries definitely i think moving to Thailand for the first time I had a I had a huge culture shock especially because it's a Buddhist country and I I was raised um a Catholic so they they don't celebrate Christmas here or New Year's which is a big big thing in the Philippines like Christmas and New Year's is such a big deal that it's it's become like a family tradition to like celebrate it big with like a lot of food a lot of family members like
0: in the philippines they start celebrating literally like right now (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: when it turned september everyone was already like posting christmas memes (laughs) so i think I, i got a culture shock from that um but in china since it was more of a remote country the culture shock was not as much because i was kind of getting used to the whole moving to another country and adapting. But the only thing with China was that um, you need a VPN to access like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, just cause like the government censors it. So it was really like a huge culture shock for me cause I can't go on Instagram or I can't go on Facebook which is, like, where I talk to my friends or where I would listen to One Direction <laughs> songs. Wait, so, so they literally block all of that? Yeah. I, d- I have no idea, like, the mechanics behind it, but I know that you have to use a VPN in order to access that. Like, if you don't have a VPN, then you just can't use it.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. But wow, I literally can't
0: imagine that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I don't know how my friends like can deal with that every day like having to have a vpn turning it on just so they can go on instagram like
0: it's so hard now here people are using like vpns to for netflix so that they can watch movies in other countries (laughs) which i i i would have the effort to do that but then i also think like that's too much time i'm just gonna like find out but that's crazy i didn't i always thought like it was almost like a joke. <laughs> they blocked off everything. I didn't <laughs> actually think it was real.
1: I think not a lot of people hear about it because the government <laughs> controls what people hear about China. Oh my god, true. But that's just very <laughs> political. <laughs>
0: I didn't even realize that. But <laughs> For me, I do plan on like moving to another country someday. Maybe like London or France. Honestly, anywhere in Europe. <laughs> but yeah. what country are you looking to live in next?
1: I don't really have like a certain country that I want to live in but definitely in Europe me and my best friend always talk about living in Europe especially because we just finished this new tv show on Netflix I don't know if you know it's called Emily in Paris yes oh my god
0: I love it so much
1: (laughs) we just finished watching that and now we we want to go to Europe so badly like we want to live there and just do whatever Emily did even though it's It was so unrealistic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But
0: still. (laughs) Well, I watched it. And because I've been to Paris, it's just like, yeah, they are super, like, to themselves. They aren't very friendly. So the way she had so many friends by, like, the end of it and was, like, dealing with all these relationships. I'm like, that's not possible. (laughs) And also, I don't know if it's, like, because we went during a certain, like, time. Because I don't even remember when. But I remember it was, like, snowing. And there was just so many people everywhere especially like in the touristy areas which she also visited too yeah but for me if i were to move to france i want to live in like the
1: countryside
0: and like <laughs> drink wine whatever i wasn't really like into the city part of it
1: yeah i think for me as well i i would like to live in a more peaceful place
0: that is my struggle literally every day like trying to figure out do i want to like live in the country or live in the city Because right now I do live like more inland, so it's more of countryside. But then when I live in, like when I visit the city, it's like I'm just so exhausted that I can never do that. (laughs) But moving to a new country and all all, moving in general, I can't imagine like you have to be more minimalist since you're it's easier to move. Or are you the type that's I got to bring everything that I possibly can?
1: I think um, as I grew up, I started to bring less. (laughs) (laughs) because you just really like stick to the essentials I guess I'm a, a nostalgic person so I obviously like to like bring the the memories you know like the little memories that my friends and I have so I tend to like have a lot of those and I just keep it and I bring it with me but I think um, with moving, you need to kind of get rid of a few things just so you get like a, a fresh start because it's hard when you're like when you're really attached to objects or things that have like sentimental value. It's hard to let go of them.
0: Every time I move or even if like, I travel, it's always like, oh, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. Literally, right now we're not even like officially moving yet, but I know that when we do in my new room, I have to buy so many things, and it's just hard for me to like just keep what I have and do what with it.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> do
0: you think that like, that's a sustainable way to live?
1: Definitely not, because I think like the whole thing with sustainability is like being a minimalist and just like keeping things that have kind of like kind of have like a value to your life and it it kind of will make like it will just make sense and it will fit with your whole like like what you do and but even though um like the some of the um, memories or the little knickknacks that you have with your friends I think it's good to have a few of those but not not in a sense where, like, you keep every single thing, like, every single maybe, like, ticket, concert ticket or, like, a poster. Like, it's good to have, like, one or two. But having even more is already, like, I would say it already be, like, hoarding. And my mom, my Filipino mom, would already have, like, like a fr- <laughs> she would already freak out with, like, the amount of stuff that I would have. So I think... Getting rid of a few things would be easier, especially when you move and everything. For me, I definitely have like
0: movie tickets and like posters, even <laughs> from like sixth grade. Or <laughs> I think I still have like a project from kindergarten, and it's just because I can't get rid of it because I'm like, okay, this was a certain time period in my life, yeah, that I can't <laughs> throw away because how else will I replicate? Like, there's no other way of remembering it because if I don't have that project even though it looks so ugly and it's just like collecting dust (laughs) I made that when I was like seven and I want
1: to remember that that's what my my parents would always say like why do you have so much stuff like you just want to collect dust you know how Filipino parents are (laughs) they're like clean freaks yeah well even like
0: receipts or bills I will keep everything even though I will never look at it again but it's just the fact of maybe I'll (laughs) look at it again
1: I used to do that but I feel like it just it's it just like built up inside my room and it became like messy so I I just forced myself (laughs) to get rid of it
0: yeah but from my viewpoint I think people who have like that minimalist oh mindset they have that idea they're like oh, I have so little, I can't possibly be hurting the planet, which I think people who have few things can still live pretty recklessly. Like, I don't think how many material things you have defines the type of lifestyle you live because you can have very little because maybe you have attachment to things like me, but also you could just be eating out constantly and like, that's not good either, which I don't know why that took me so long to click in my head, but like fast food restaurants are not (laughs) sustainable at all. (laughs) But in the countries you've lived in, because I know like Sweden is very much preserved environment, but what are the laws that countries that you've lived in like help the earth?
1: I think um, in the Philippines, the government doesn't really give a shit about the environment just because like it's so crowded and everything in the city. I would I would live in the city during the weekdays because that's where university is. But then during the weekends, I would visit my grandparents, which is more towards the countryside. And I feel like it's more green. And um, maybe those areas, the government's trying to focus on making it more environmentally friendly, eco-friendly. But in both Thailand and the Philippines, they've stopped using plastic, like single-use plastic, in like groceries or shopping malls which is definitely I think is a big step especially cuz people buy so many things every single day. <laughs> so it's really hard to control like the amount of plastic you use. But I think um China's the most environmentally friendly from from all from what I know like from living there and from what I see now. I think it's the most environmentally friendly cuz I know that they use, like, renewable sources, like, they have yeah. dams. Yeah. Do, do you know it? Yeah, they have dams, and then they, they kind of rely on that. But at the same time, these countries still do need a lot of, like, energy to supply the people, the people's demands. So I think it's <laughs> inevitable to kind of um, move, Towards using renewable resources, especially in the Philippines, because um I don't, I don't want to become political, but the government doesn't really focus on things like this because of corruption and everything. Well, here
0: too, they got rid of like a lot of the single-use plastic bags they use at grocery stores, but also you could buy plastic bags for ten cents, which isn't a lot of money at all. Yeah. So yeah. it's like okay, I'm going to buy the plastic bags. (laughs) But when I visit, like, Europe, everyone has a tote bag with them or something reusable. And it's just their habit, which, like, when you go to buy, like, to a pharmacy, it's either, like, paper bags or they just put it in their tote bag, which isn't reasonable. But here, I think we're just so lazy to carry things ourselves. That
1: I think it's also discipline, like, with the people in the country. Like, if they really are educated and they really care about the environment then they would kind of do it themselves or like have the initiative to do it instead of like the government telling people to do it yeah and like
0: you mentioned like the corruption especially here where you see a bunch of like there's a bunch of fines if you litter but also there's so much trash everywhere yeah and i don't know if this is true so if someone's listening and they want to fact check me on me (laughs) that But I heard something like government doesn't really enforce the littering fines or whatever because they're trying to, like, use prison labor to do that. And it'll justify having, like, overcrowded prisons so that they could do all this free labor, which is insane. (laughs) But, But it's like, yeah, I see so many people litter all the time and nothing ever happens to them. So, well, except, like, some states that are super strict about it. Like, if you go to a national park, there's absolutely no littering at all. And they'll enforce that right away. But if you go to like the beach here, it's just trash everywhere from because of course people are having parties and like bonfires. And then they'll use the excuse of, Oh, it was the wind.
1: <laughs> One time I went to the beach with my friend in Thailand and we found a carpet just lying around like in just in the ocean. And we we're just like, What the fuck is that carpet doing here? Like a why is carpet? there yeah, why is there a carpet here? Like someone just chucked it into the beach. For some reason.
0: <laughs> well, here is mostly like glass bottles or sometimes clothes, which I i mean, whatever explanation they want with that. But I've never seen like a whole carpet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've heard like people see like suitcases or what? like, I think my friend saw a couch like under the pier one oh time. Oh my God. <laughs> well, first, like it's heavy. So how did they drag it out all the way
1: yeah.
0: down to the water?
1: I, I don't know how. It just ends up there.
0: Yeah. But for me, I do my best like trying to be sustainable. Like even with the small things, if I see a product that's eco-friendly, I'll spend an extra three dollars for it. Or I don't yeah. buy anything that does animal testing, which is the easiest one because you can just like ask. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think the little things really matter as well. Like I try to do as much as I can. Yeah. Cause it's not it's not easy to live in an Asian country and do all these sustainable things especially because everything is either really expensive or you just can't access it because they just don't have it here so whenever I see something or whenever I like encounter something that's like a sustainable product I try to try to try as much as I can to use that instead of using another product that that's That's harmful to the environment.
0: Yeah, I think that's the important thing is just to do small things because I know there's a lot of advocates out there that are like, you have to change your entire life right now. And it kind of makes people feel bad that they're not doing enough. So they just don't do anything, which is the worst. It's like with vegans also, they're like, why are you eating meat? But then at the same time, you can't remove meat from your lifestyle, especially if that's what you've been growing up eating that's not healthy either so it's definitely like do whatever you can
1: (laughs) i i've actually went vegan for three months and i swear my parents were so against it they were like you're not gonna have enough um like nutrients for your brain you're gonna get alzheimer's (laughs) really quickly and they would make me watch like i would sit i would sit in the living room they're watching something and then like oh suddenly this like why vegan why veganism isn't like a good healthy thing for you would pop up in the tv and oh they just would want to watch it when I'm there
0: yeah or it's Facebook for all the parents that yeah literally see anything and they'll send it to you and be like oh look at this you're they believe wrong. anything they see on Facebook <laughs> yeah but I've been wanting to go vegan for like the longest time but is that my parents would just go grocery shopping and would not get anything that I need and it's just hard for me to like switch over but I mean I try my best like we have a lot of vegan restaurants here so whenever I can but it's also super expensive like to get a vegan yeah it's like insane prices
1: I think the easy factor of being vegan is having a lot of options and like having access to those options and I I feel like in Europe A lot of people are vegan because it's so accessible. They can literally get, like, soy-based meat products or just a lot of produce or kind of... Have you heard of the meat where it's not actually meat, but it's made out of, like, plant? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, like, options for that in Europe compared to, like here in thailand where it's mostly just like tofu that's it <laughs> like you can't really get anything at a at a like reasonable price other than tofu yeah. or vegetables i'm here the, the grocery stores here have options but
0: it's just the price it's like okay i'm not gonna pay that much for yeah vegan cheese the price <laughs> but i mean there's different types of vegans like some vegans just don't do any of, like, the fake stuff. They just, they're strictly plant-based, which I don't think
1: yeah can handle that. But Have you ever heard of um a raw vegan? No. They just don't eat anything cooked. What? They just eat raw, like, they they eat fruits, vegetables, but they can't cook, like, the vegetables. They can't make anything that's, like, hot or, cold, like, cold. It doesn't stain. What? They can't even make, like, smoothies I think because because you're using like you're using like a process to make the food You like raw vegans really just want to eat what what's provided to them that's an extreme like
0: <laughs> right that is just way too far yeah
1: but I mean like good on them for doing that for being able to do that
0: yeah I mean there's a lot of like vegetarians that I know that switch over to vegan I'm like okay that's pretty easy because you just never had meat yeah. And when they do eat meat, they don't like the taste. They don't like the texture at all, which it all has to do, like, with how you grew up. Like, yeah. with a Filipino family, like, meat is part of our daily <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> but, yeah. And, like, another thing with price, like, well, I thrift. But that's because I prefer the clothes versus, like, fast fashion clothes. Because sometimes it's really ugly. But yeah. <laughs> But it's more affordable <laughs> and... I've noticed like the thrift stores here have been like raising their prices and it's not the same how it was like two years ago which because like everyone has started like depop shops like reselling thrifted stuff or just a lot of more people are thrifting and of course they want to control that so they raise the prices which is kind of crazy because like thrift stores were meant for like lower income people that well, I always grew up like shopping there because my mom always took me, and I always felt so cool when someone asked me where I got my shirt, and I'm like, "Oh, it's thrifted. <laughs> you can't get it ever again."
1: I think it was like it became such a big thing, like thrifting because of like all of these influencers or youtubers like going to thrift stores and doing like thrift hauls. Maybe that's why they raise the prices because more and more people are like discovering thrift shops so they make the prices even higher
0: well like my problem is is people buying like cheaper clothes and then raising the price to sell on depop so they can make money and it's like why do you have the need to do that like we you paid like three dollars for it there's no reason that you should raise the price to forty dollars and there's other like thrift stores or like what you call them but there's vintage shops also that people could shop at where it's everything is like already selected and it's the best of the best which you could shop at if you have the money for it, but it's like thrift stores yeah. that are for like lower income people that they raise the prices at, which I <laughs> it stopped me from thrifting a bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel like it used to be such like a fun thing to like look for clothes or find like pieces that that's actually like oh this is so cute. Like I found you found it because like you made an effort to find it, but vintage stores they just like they kind of show showcase that they preserve the piece and then they sell it at a higher price just because they know a lot of people will want to buy that piece yeah and like now when I do get to thrift it's
0: just so packed and full of like younger girls really Girl, yeah or like girls my age and they're all like trying to thrift too which makes me anxious and I just end up don't buy anything
1: I remember like before it became popular like there's no one would actually even be in like a thrift store unless they need something, but it's become like, kind of like how girls would go to like H and M or Brandy Melville, like it's like a the new Brandy Melville like a thrift store.
0: Well, like there's just so many girls there now, and if you do thrift, then I don't even suggest. Like there's some like corporation i think here we call it savers it could be something else in other places but it's not like salvation army so it's a the money goes back to the corporation and like it's kind of almost like fast fashion in a way but if you do thrift like i thrift at places that i know my money's gonna go to like a charity or something so it's Mm -hmm. like i there's one here that helps like sexual assault victims and of course like salvation army helps the military i mean there's some like issue with that too apparently that i haven't really looked into but i mean just know where your
1: money goes <laughs> yeah definitely i think because um, in the philippines i don't think there's any like thrift stores or even here in thailand i've never been to a, a thrift store here i've heard of a few thrift stores but they're not as popular because um they're like in the more of like the provincial areas but in the Philippines, we call them ukay-ukay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like those kind of thrift stores are sustainable because you know where your money goes. Because you know that these ukay ukai stores are put up by pe- like people who need the income, or people who are selling like secondhand clothes that they they collected for a, like a long time. So I think definitely like in the Philippines, ukai okay, Ukai okay stores are sustainable because you know where your money goes and you get pieces that are like unique, especially because a lot of people or a lot of influencers that I see in the Philippines really promote or advertise fast fashion because it's not really, sustainable fashion is not very popular or talked about mm-hmm. in the Philippines. I know there's a few like, sustainable brands and sustainable fashion pieces but it's really expensive so it's not really ideal for like probably like university students it's not very ideal to buy like a piece so they would more they would opt for cheaper alternatives which is like fast fashion
0: yeah and I think like H&M has an eco-friendly collection or
1: line that they have the conscious something yeah h H&M and conscious which i don't know
0: what it is but i think some people are like trying to expose them or whatever but
1: I'm- yeah <laughs> i read somewhere that it's not it's not sustainable it's not ethical
0: yeah well here they have like a box where you can donate your old jeans and yeah. they'll use that here as well. clothes which i don't know the whole entire process on that either but People are like considering H and M like borderline sustainable, but also fast fashion.
1: I watched a, a documentary about like the fast fashion industry, and the like the most popular brand that's considered fast fashion is Forever Twenty One, which I don't know. But here, Forever Twenty One closed down, like all the shops closed down. I think because they went bankrupt or something
0: yeah (laughs) here too
1: and then and then I think in the video from what I remember they said like the the textile company that produces clothes for forever 21 is the same as H&M and there was another it's not Zara but it's like H&M forever 21 and like another fast fashion brand so I think they're kind of related when it comes to like producing the clothes and the and then, like, exploiting the workers.
0: I don't know if it's like they're, I don't know what happened with them, but apparently, there's this brand called Everlane, and they were just like exposed for not actually being sustainable when their entire mission goal was about sustainability. And they had like a whole collection with like recycled plastic <laughs> shoes or like fake leather. But then they got exposed that it, it was all fake or something like that or they weren't treating their employees correctly
1: honestly it's so hard to like to trust a business that it's actually ethical or that they're treating their workers right cuz anyone can market or advertise that oh we're sustainable we do everything ethically we treat our workers right but at the end of the day how how like as consumers how do we know that they're actually telling us the truth and they're not manipulating us
0: yeah it's – I mean, you. I can't even be like, oh, do your research because also it could be fake and like all – Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's just do whatever you think is best because, I mean, these brands are going to get exposed one way or another. And I, like Forever 21, I've never even liked their clothes even when I was younger. Even if they are afford- affordable – I was just never like drawn to their clothes I always thought like it was super cheap and like basic
1: yeah and like yeah. everyone
0: else in school would be wearing it so I never really shopped there
1: yeah that's the thing about fast fashion like everyone can like afford to buy the the clothes and then everyone's gonna have the same clothes so there's really like you don't get like your own personal kind of style or you like you're not likely to have a piece that Only you will have because you'll see other people wearing the same piece as you do sometimes. So it's not really, I guess for me, it's not really ideal. Well, my style
0: currently is like big t-shirts and just the laziest thing ever. I don't even know how to put it together in actual outfit. (laughs) Me too.
1: Like I would would go out and then I'd be like, I'd freak out because I don't know what to wear. Like I don't know what to wear anymore because I've just been at home wearing like a big t-shirt or a big hoodie and then I'd go out and I'd have to look presentable and it's hard
0: I know (laughs) but there's also some people that even if they're stuck at home they'll still get ready but I will do that but yeah after I look presentable for maybe like a couple hours I'll change out of it it's not
1: comfortable (laughs) I mean
0: my sister sleeps in like denim shorts which I don't think are comfortable at all anything denim I'm like no way (laughs) why don't you just switch into like pajamas or something
1: I've seen a few people wear like jeans and they recommended to like wear jeans because it feels like you're productive and it's just like it's not comfortable like yeah i i just can't do it
0: <laughs> so mainly what we can learn from this is that <laughs> just do what you can with the knowledge you have <laughs> yeah and don't bully others for not being sustainable or because it could be like super expensive for them and they might not have the resources. Yeah,
1: do your research.
0: So just do what you can. But as we're wrapping up here, we try to ask everyone this the best I can, but what are words that you live by?
1: Okay, there's a quote that I live by and it's my best friend told me this quote because it was his senior quote, but then like it kind of just became my, my, like, my life quote or my life motto, I guess. And it's ever tried, ever failed, no matter. Try again, try harder. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> it's very like simple.
0: Do your best overall and like don't ever give up. Yeah. I say that as I give up like way too easily.
1: <laughs> <laughs> me too. That's me with like uni work and online classes. It's so hard to focus and it's like so hard to stay productive. I just procrastinate the whole day. I
0: mean, I would do that, but then also I feel guilty <laughs> if I don't get anything done. Me
1: too, but then
0: I just don't do it. Well, I compromise like, okay, I'm going to start it, but I will just like write the title of my notes and then be done
1: with the day. <laughs> <laughs> How are you like coping with, do you have online
0: classes? I have three online classes right now, which just yesterday, I think I failed my economy time, <laughs> but lem- I'm just gonna say this there's no possible way that you're gonna write like six essays in two hours like that was just insane that is true and the thing was that last night for some reason I guess I was typing and then I deleted one of my essays and I <laughs> I was like okay for the next like for the last 20 minutes I was preparing like the email I was gonna send him like oh I deleted my last essay <laughs> But then I also deleted that. I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to accept the grade, whatever. I would be so devastated. Like, I would actually cry. I was crying. Like, that stressed (laughs) me out so much. And it took me a while. But you know what? We're going to get over it. But how do you, like, get over procrastination? And how do you manage, like, all that work?
1: Um, I'm not the best person to ask this. But (laughs) I think what motivates me are my friends. Because um, I don't know, but... In the Philippines, like education is such a like a big thing. It's it's really like a priority for a lot of the people. Like if you if you ask some of my friends, like rank your priorities from one to ten, one would be academics, which is like insane. Cause for me, one would be like family or like myself. <laughs> and I think what motivates me is like my friends kind of challenging or competing. I I wouldn't say like a hard competition but more of like a friendly competition just knowing like that your friends are doing this so then you should do it as well just so that you can stay on track or be on like the same pace or same level ground as them yeah
0: my friends are way accomplished than me (laughs) I dropped out of university so I'm doing like community college classes and they are all have like doctor majors or veterinary oh majors and of course those classes are going to be way harder than whatever business classes I'm taking so I'm just like okay I gotta like suck it up because it's not going to be as bad as their chemistry classes Yeah. <laughs> but other than that thank you Bea, for being here I appreciate it. and being able to connect with people that follow us
1: thank you for giving me the chance to talk and just to speak my mind <laughs> <laughs> of course Well,
0: you can find her on Instagram, which we'll put in the description. But other than that,
1: anything else you want to add? For everyone who's at home and trying to cope with the pandemic, just remember to focus on your mental health every single day. Like Always prioritize your mental health, no matter what.
0: Yeah that's it (laughs) and I mean you can find like some inspiration I hope from our page with all the other amazing people that have contributed and just thanks for everyone listening find us on instagram at the puzzle society and I hope to talk to everyone soon